We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome into Thursday's edition of KCS and Update. I am Tucker Franklin. Super stoked for today's conversation, today's guest to talk about a little Chiefs Eagles. Three biggest storylines. It's going to be Seth Kaiser from the Chiefs of the North newsletter. You know him from the Times Hours podcast. You know him from probably a lot of different things. If you follow the Chiefs, you know Seth Kaiser. And we have a really phenomenal conversation about the Chiefs DBs. We talk about Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Clyde Edwards-Layer's activation, what his role is going to be. Kind of what Steve Spagnuolo is going to do against this uh, this pretty dangerous Eagles rushing attack so really good conversation excited for you guys to listen to it but before we get into that conversation you know I'm going to tell you about our partner at DraftKings and are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57 has all of the Super Bowl action that you need new customers can bet just five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets instantly Plus, all customers can bet, get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 5 and 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, in case you don't know, to see what prop bet will be boosted. I've been doing this. I've been running over to the Kansas side, checking my DraftKings Sportsbook app for the Super Boost, what they got going on. It's some really cool stuff uh, with these Happy, happy Hour Super Boosts. Make sure to go check it out. And this is what you got to do. You got to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Seth, thanks for joining me on today's episode. Seth, I have this bit with Joshua Briscoe that I do. Uh, usually on my Thursday episodes, Josh will come on and, and I always keep a running tally of how many times he's come on because he wants to be the leading member of the Times Hours podcast on KCSN Update. I think you've just surpassed him with this appearance right here. I, as in all things, I will inevitably surpass Josh. Um, in this, as in many things, one day I'll even love possums more than he does. And mm. every single thing that he does, 
it, it, I do it just better. And so that that's kind of, it's actually my, you know, when you get to be my age, you need some goals to keep you going. Yeah. And that's, that's why I appreciate Josh always, you know, always nipping at my heels. You know, it, it just keeps me youthful. I think he even, I think his quote was, uh, Seth has me beat in age, uh, children in careers. I need to beat him in something. I think that was a direct quote from, uh, from Josh <laughs> on the last time that he was on this, this year program. That sounds, that, that sounds accurate. And it's my mission in life to make sure that he never does. I want to give him things to strive for too. Right. And so <laughs> I also, I mean, you know, and I would say this to him too. I mean, I beat him in well-functioning pancreases as well. I mean, these are... <laughs> now, should I say that? No. But is it funny? Yeah, so why not? It's hilarious. I'm going to immediately text him when I get done with this and tell him I said that. It's going to be great. He's going to tune in now. He's going to be... He's going to be... Uh, I haven't told him that you're coming on the podcast either. So he might be a little... Uh, he might be a little disgruntled that he's lost his lead. But it's going to be hard for you guys both to beat uh, Nate Taylor, who comes on every Thursday or Tuesday. Um, yeah. But, I mean... We're used to we're used to being lapping us in everything. In his ability as a writer, as a reporter, as a coverage guy, as a human, he's just better than us, and so we've kind of accepted that at this point. He dropped some great nuggets on Tuesday's KCS and update. So if you haven't gone and listened to that, he talked about opening night for media, um, kind of always a circus you could call it um, for Super Bowl opening media night. But Seth, he's Seth. You're here to talk uh, with me about some three big storylines coming into this Chiefs Eagles game, and I'm sure by the time uh, you guys are listening to this podcast, we you've heard every storyline, right? And Seth, we were talking before we started recording this week, this little two week period here before the Super Bowl is almost too much time for the media. Perfect amount of time for the players, too much time for the media. A hundred percent. You know, today was the first day, and it's still on my Twitter feed. I've been waiting all week for the, um, you know, so last week, you know, we dealt with the, a lot of the storylines between Cincinnati and Kansas City, which makes sense. Cincinnati had won three in a row against the Chiefs. To the victor goes the trash talk. That's fair. Um, we also knew we'd be enduring the, well, is Joe, Be- is Joe Burrow actually better than Mahomes? We knew we'd endure that. We knew it was going to happen. And to be fair, I think Joe Burrow might be the second best quarterback in the NFL. I, he's a stud. Um, you know, him, him, Alan Herbert hurts. They've all got some legitimate arguments to make. Um, I don't think this week has been so pleasant, you know, the, and then last week too, there just wasn't much trash talk. Philly fans and Chiefs fans kind of like, Hey, we all like Andy Reid. Yeah. We all like the Kelsey brothers. We all really like, you know, Mahomes and hurts. Like there's a lot of mutual respect. You're there in the NFC. We're in the AFC. So there's not like, you know, that whole big rivalry thing. And then what I knew was coming, though, was going to be because, like you said, it's too much time. One week, nothing. It was today. Wednesday? Wednesday, the, well, you know, actually, maybe it would be, maybe Hertz is better than Patrick Mahomes starts to happen. Because you knew it couldn't, you knew it, it had to happen eventually. Right. And so I'm just excited for where we're at by Friday. Because I think Saturday, everyone's going to kind of lay low. But by Friday, it's going to be like the, you know... Chris Jones actually good. You know, there'll be some some revival of the conversation about, you know, you know, run fits from three years ago or something like that. And I'm here for it. But man, it gets exhausting at a certain point. It really does. And I love that the Chiefs have kind of embraced the underdog role. You know, that's kind of what Philly did against the uh, the Patriots. They embrace that underdog role. They're they're laying low, they're staying quiet, you know, even against the Bengals or they didn't. They didn't say much. Willie Gay said a little something. 
Chris Jones said, you'll see you at Burrowhead, but that was towards the end of the week, kind of getting up to game time, which nothing I think was too disrespectful. Um, but I think, as you mentioned, Seth, these two teams do have a lot of respect for each other. I have a lot of respect for the Philadelphia Eagles as, a, as an organization with Andy Reid. Um, Nick Sirianni, I think, is one of my favorite head coaches outside of Andy Reid in this link. He's just kind of a, a fun guy to, to watch coach. Um, yeah. there's, there's guys that are fun to watch coach. Him and Vrabel, I think, are two of them. Um, but I think that Rebels a good one. That's a good yeah, pull. Yeah, that's a, he's he's a fun one to watch, Coach. And I love the clip of him just chucking his uh, challenge flag. You know, yep. All the coaches will just drop it down. You see Andy Reid will just drop it down. Yeah, he's he's heaving it. Uh, and I love it when coaches get into it. Yes, and you love to see that guys like that are legitimately like aggrieved that the call could be so wrong. The the last time I'm trying to think. The only time I can remember seeing Reed that upset, I think it was with Sheffers um, against the Raiders when they called that roughing the passer. And he was, I mean, screaming at him just over and over. That's terrible. That's terrible. I think that was that play. Because I remember like Mm -hmm. thinking to myself and maybe even tweeting, do you have any idea how badly you have to screw up as a rep to have Andy Reed yelling at you like that? Because he never does that. He might stare, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, it's so fun watching those guys like you know the Dan Campbells of the world that it's oh. so personal for them it's they're so competitive and it just makes them crazy and and their reactions that'll be one fun thing to watch one great thing about Super Bowls and, and ASC championships all the NFL film content is always so much oh yes and so if the Chiefs have a good game and you have a few crazy Mahomes plays you know we're going to get some good shots of Sirianni just losing his mind and it's going to be fun it will be fun. And so let's get into these three storylines, uh, Seth, because I think the biggest one, and you wrote uh, a, a piece about this on your Chief of the North uh, substack. Go check that out, by the way. Um, and over the rookie DBs. Um, I think that this is something that, as the topic has, as this, this position group has really matured over this year because we, we talked about kind of even going all the way back to training camp because I was I was at training camp nearly every day and seeing this rookie DB group everyone was saying uh, that'd be nice to have some another another veteran back there I remember that was a big talking point let's you should add another veteran back there Patrick right. Peterson they were believed to be in that sweepstakes with him before he decided to you know stay with Minnesota and so there was a lot of like free agent murmurings, rumors about that even after the draft about bringing somebody in. But again, you look at what this de- this rookie defensive back room. I say defensive back because Brian Cook's been playing well recently as well. Yep. yep. Um, you look at all of those guys, how they've matured and how they stepped up without Legarius Sneed last week. I think is maybe one of the most underrated storylines that people are not talking about is how the Chiefs D backs held a very good receiving core mm-hmm. to. Uh, a pedestrian day. I mean, you had a couple of big plays. The T. Higgins touchdown was big. Obviously, the Joe Burrow on fourth down uh, to Jamar Chase. Like, they're going to get theirs like that because when you throw balls up to those guys like that, that's a 75-25 ball. It's not 50-50 because those guys are just so good. But outside of those two plays, the rookie DBs played very well and even tackled very well. Yeah. um, And, you know, so there's a lot to, to, to look at there. I'll, I'll start in reverse because you mentioned the tackling. One one advantage that the Chiefs have with this group, with these rookie defensive backs, and then you throw in Legarius Sneed, who's an extremely physical player, is they tackle extremely well. And that they don't just tackle well, they hit well. They, they hit aggressively. 
they they contest blocks well on like wide receiver screens and that kind of stuff and you can see the benefits that 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 pays off because a lot of like quick wide receiver screens or certain run plays um from from crud from high school on up are designed to see if your corners can and will tackle you want to get a running back in space against a corner and that's not considered like a one-on-one in space really that's like considered like a one-on-half you know running backs dream about being one-on-one against a d-back in space because those are guys that they can generally beat wide receivers same thing they're not they're not breaking tackles from linebackers but from corners you know that's generally considered an advantage and with this group all of them Tread McDuffie's a terrific tackler he yeah. he was the first human to be the first one to arrive and tackle Jamar Chase I'm convinced of it and he did it multiple times and that's so cool um yeah. and just and I have to just shout out here because I saw the look on your face I know you guys are all over this but the world needs to understand how good Tread McDuffie has been he yes if he were healthy all season um and you know he he's he has the misfortune of sharing a rookie year with a guy who's had one of the best rookie defensive back years in in history in Sauce. And Sauce is terrific. Don't get me wrong. McDuffie is right now the way he's currently playing. He, he's he's an upper tier corner. The way he's currently played now is he like a top five corner? I don't think so yet. But as a rookie, it's so hard to even be competent. And he is good at everything. He's 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 good in man. He's got great feet and hips. Um, he's willing to play physically, but he's also I mean he, he he's he's grabby, but not quite too grabby. He'll get penalized sometimes, but not often. He pushes the limits in that. He's even better in zone, which as a rookie is weird, but it helps that I mean th- those those defensive backs out of I think it's Washington. You see this time after time after time with that particular group. They are asked to do a ton, and he learned it. I, I could talk about Trevor Duffy for hours. So I'll try not to, but he's that good. Like he really should have gotten consideration for defensive rookie of the year, but he got hurt. And so really I, I tell people right now, Legereus Sneed is probably not the chief's best cover corner. He's good, but I think McDuffie's probably a better cover corner. Sneed is just so good at so many things. But when you take all those rookies, so then you get Watson playing at an average to above average level. There's some consistency stuff at times, but he's playing well. And, that's, you know, what to say average to above average. It's generally well above average. And he plays physically. He contests well. He's stickier in coverage than you'd think, considering his size. He's not a real quick guy, but he uses his size well to his advantage. And then Josh Williams, who's a great athlete, also has tremendous size. His, his consistency is a little more up and down. But that's your fourth guy? Yeah. And they're they're comfortable with all of them. And for them to do that against the Bengals, um, that that's so impressive because that's a tough group. And then, like you said, Brian Cook, who's gone a little more under the radar because I think it's taken him longer to get in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, I really tried to write about was when not just um, Legereus Sneed went down, but then when Willie Gay Jr. went down, that really changed the nature of the Chiefs' defense. And that's why you saw Brian Cook getting so many snaps late because what Spagnolo did to adjust, which I thought was great, was, okay, we don't have any other linebackers that can do what Willie does. We don't, and it's not close. So we're going to bring Justin Reed, who, by the way, has been playing tremendous football lately. Yes, he has. We're going we're gonna to put him in almost that, you know, um, Dan Sorensen hybrid role, bring him close to the box, and we can do that because we trust Brian Cook to play deep safety, and he did a good job with it. You know, he, he did have one play 
It's still like that fourth down. Jamar Chase just ran a really great route. Yeah. And Cook thought he needed to attack down because he thought the throw was going to the sticks. It was a great route. He got got by one of the best receivers in the league. They were so good. I have no idea what to expect because with rookies, you usually see this up and down. But they're not getting the credit they deserve by and large. And that's going to be huge if they can play, if they can hold their own to that level against Brown and Smith, it's a very different game on Sunday. I think a lot of people are talking about Brown and Smith and being like, oh, these these DBs have to have to cover this this tough receiving room. Oh, yeah. They covered a tougher receiving room, I think, last week uh, when yeah. we talk about the Bengals, uh, just top to bottom. I think so, too. Um, you know, obviously, that trio of, of Brown, Smith, and Goddard is right up there in the league. But it's right up there in the league with, you know, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Hurst. Now, Boyd got hurt, and so that that affects things. But they, it's still a really, really good group. And so that that's going to be one of the big matchups for you. And again, that was without LeJarius Sneed, who's their number one guy. The plan was for him to follow Jamar Chase. Like, mm-hmm. that's how much confidence they have in him. And they were missing him. And so now what happens is, you know, there's that there's that uh, domino effect with corners. They, they, they've got, if they got Steve back, which they do, that bumps Williams down to that fourth corner role where you're not relying on him quite as much. And so I, I think they're going to do a pretty good job. I'm curious whether they play um, quite as much man as they showed at times with two eye against the Bengals. A.J. Brown is just, he's just a different kind of player. Like, you just yeah. never know when he might just throw someone to the side you know, like a rag doll and gained 20 yards. Uh, I'm curious how they approach it, though, because Burrow and and Hurts are such different quarterbacks. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
you know, let's go ahead and talk about that. Let's talk about the the Eagles running game. I kind of kind of switched it up a little bit on you, just because I think that this the way the conversation's going, it just makes sense to talk about this Eagles running attack is 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 stout uh, because they have the best offensive line in the league. Yep. You look at those guys top to bottom. I think they're all rated top ten in PFFs uh, the PFFs grading system, which is incredible in itself. But just to watch some of the some of the highlights and some of the plays when I was going through and, and looking at watching some of the uh, the the runs that they had against the Niners. That offensive line was just manhandling. It wasn't fair. Uh, there was the the touchdown that that uh that Sanders scored and, and there he didn't get touched. It was a ten yard run and he did not get touched. It's one of those things where you're like watching and it's like holy cow. So Spagnolo, the front seven. I know we mentioned Willie Gay. He was out, but it sounds like he's going to be back playing. They've got their hands full this week. They do, and you know it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate. You know when uh, when Linval Joseph was available in the middle of the season, <laughs> I would have loved to see the Chiefs gobble him up um, because he's such a stout run defender and has been. And he's had a he's had a more important effect than people think on that Eagles team in terms of their run defense, which is really important when you want to get off to the passer like they do. Um, and Derek Nadi is 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 a guy who's a useful player, but he's not he's not as stout as Linvald Joseph. Uh, Brandon Williams is useful, but same thing. They are going to need to, and this is where Philly gets people in trouble. So what do you do? Do you? Um, line up both Williams and Naughty as tackles so you're more stout against the run. Well, the problem is, for one, that hurts your pass rush. And for two, that also, I mean, they do so much movement up front in terms of the directions they come from. It's not necessarily just about having stout, powerful guys there. You know, if you got guys that can't necessarily get penetration, you're in trouble. And so it's basically, you know, no matter what type of play you have up front, there's potential problems there. I think the biggest contest in this game um is going to be the the Chiefs linebackers because they don't have as good a linebacker group as the 49ers do. They them against that offensive line and trying to figure out a way to where it's not constantly Nick Bolton especially being reached in space because he's a completely different player when linemen are able to get to him at the second level as opposed to who he is when he's able to to find plays moving downhill completely different player his lack of length really hurts him in those situations and he's not really a guy who sheds blocks um he can for as strong as he is but that lack of length and that lack of really great lateral agility it gets him in those moments gay's actually better in that area um because again he's got more length more athleticism and bolton the the stark contrast in him as a run defender between when he's moving downhill towards plays where he's excellent but when he gets reached and he's reacting, that can be problematic for them. And that it's you want to make sure that you're not seeing some version of, you know, is it zone or duo? It doesn't matter which one that is reaching Bolton over and over and over. They need to figure out a, something to do about that early. And it makes I think that's going to be one of the biggest things, gay and Bolton against that run game. And I, I'm half. I'm half convinced that we're going to see Spagnolo utilize a lot of A-gap blitzes just to say, nope, we, Nick Bolton's great moving downhill and we're just going to attack you rather than nope. letting guys reach him and let's see what you guys can do right at the line of scrimmage. Because that also allows you to incorporate Leo Chanel as well because mm -hmm. off ball, 
not so much for him right now. We'll see how that goes later on. But at the line, he he can manhandle offensive linemen one on one. It's kind of funny to watch a linebacker do that. So that I think you correctly ID'd that as one of the biggest matchups of the game because that's going to determine really on their side of the ball the flow of the game and exactly how it looks. And I said this to you before we started recording. If the Chiefs can stop this run game and the corners are playing like we expect them to play, I don't know how the Eagles can move the ball against against the Chiefs defense. Um, and that's that's a big if, right? That's a big yeah. if if, it's, if the Chiefs stop the run game. Um, because I think that there's there's a lot of facets in that run game. The Jalen Hurts being on the ground, uh, he's been able to run the ball really effectively. They ro- the way they run option plays, I wanted to call them RPOs, but they're not necessarily RPOs. They are option plays. Yep. Um, the way he's able to make the decisions so quickly, I, I think I saw one play with Fred Warner just kind of got lost in it. Yep. Um, and the way that Jalen Hurts was making plays, he just was was lost with the way he was reading it. Um, so that's going to be a huge factor as well, and and, and yeah, the, the the Chiefs have been able to get after the quarterback as of as of late, and it's been great to see Chris Jones finally get rid of that albatross on the sack column uh, yeah. to get that sack. Frank Clark has been tearing it up uh, in the playoffs. I think his I think DraftKings had his over under for sacks at a half still, um, so I think that that's wildly low. If you can go get that wherever you are in, in the DraftKings state, I would go play right. some uh, play some currency on that, but. I do think that that's going to be really interesting, as you mentioned, especially with uh, with Spags's Spags's reputation against younger quarterbacks, and and when it comes to coverages and stuff like that, yep. he's going to throw some stuff out there for him, and he's going to make him think, especially when it comes to the passing game. And that is a hundred percent true. I can't imagine a scenario. I, I this is where the stopping the run becomes so important. One thing that the Eagles and the Niners have in common, very different offensive systems, very different, you know, reliances on different players, but one thing they have in common is that they their systems that they run rely on staying ahead of the sticks, ahead of the ahead of schedule. And one thing that the Eagles have kind of figured out that you don't see quite as much with Shanahan is that for them, third and six is still a rundown because they're okay with getting to fourth and two. Uh, and so they, that that allows them to be m- multiple in, in all facets, but they do rely on staying ahead of that schedule. And if you can consistently force them to make that decision on third and six or consistently get them to a third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, that's just not a scenario they've had to they've had to deal with that often this season. And that's where the Chiefs offense versus the Eagles defense also is going to dictate some things. And, and how the first and second quarter go in this game, in my opinion, is massive for the Eagles because let's say let's say Mahomes comes out just firing and the Eagles I think have a good defense um they haven't been tested a ton against great quarterbacks or really any great quarterbacks this year yeah. but on paper they they're terrifying and I mean really good corners and really good line play and and, and safeties that they do rely on I think their linebackers are a little more questionable but that's a whole other ball of wax but let's say Mahomes comes out hot and the Chiefs are able to grab one stop early, or even like a stop or a field goal, and the Eagles get the ball back down 14-3. And again, you can name game scripts all day, but that particular game script, suddenly, now if you're the Eagles, they've been playing from out front almost all year. Yeah. And when you're playing out front, you've got everything available to you, and it's kind of the same conversation as the Lamar Jackson conversation now. Big difference is that Baltimore has provided the man with nothing 
in receivers. And so they 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 have ways. They've created big plays, and that's one reason you grab A.J. Brown. And, and Goddard's made big plays, and Smith makes big plays, but you're forcing the issue to where you have to make big plays rather than that just being something that you're doing as part of the natural flow of your offense. So I, I think that the Chiefs' offense versus the, the Eagles' defense it's going to play a pretty big role in what the Chiefs defense versus the Eagles offense looks like as well. Because no matter what the Eagles do on offense, let's say even if they do really well against the Chiefs defense, they very well might, the Chiefs are going to throw the ball all over the yard regardless. That's what they're going to do. I've revealed it. It's out there. But I, I could see a game script where that makes things tough on the Eagles if they're put in a position they haven't been this year. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. So let's talk about that offense. Um, well, they did get a, a weapon back with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, McCall Harmon did go on the injured reserve. Yep. Uh, hat tip to McCall Harmon for getting back, working back, but then getting injured again. That's tough, um, especially in a contract year that he's in. Uh, yeah. it's, it's tough for him. Uh, it hit Making a big play, too. That was a big third down yeah. conversion. They needed that. Yeah, he held on to the ball, too, which I think is was very impressive and all of that, especially when he got full. When it, when I saw the way he went down, I was like, that can't be good on the old uh, pelvis. Oh. Um, when when he's going down like that and having a guy land on top of him. Uh, so, no, you hate, hate to see that. But they do get Clyde Edwards-Alaire back. He was, he's activated um, to the team. And I think that, Seth, we were kind of talking about this. People see Clyde getting uh, activated, and they think automatically. I think some Chiefs fans have fallen to this automatically, yes. Of <laughs> wait, what Isaiah Pacheco's been doing so good? How come? What's going to happen now that that Clyde's in? And uh, Seth, uh, calm Chiefs Kingdom down. Let him know what's going to happen because we all know that you already know what's going to happen with Clyde. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> here in the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, as I showed off on on the Times R's podcast preceding the AC Championship game, I mean, I know ball, so I'm able to accurately predict things in a way Josh and Nate just can't. Um, man, that was fun. That that was such a fun. I don't know if you know this. They both predicted the the Bengals to win, and I mean, I just came in swinging that Monday. I mean, I spent I spent the first ten minutes of that show being utterly unbearable. It was great. Good. Uh, but yeah, no, they deserved it. So, <laughs> the thing with Clyde being back, I I do know that the Chiefs like Clyde more than a lot of the fan base does, and at the same time, the Chiefs have liked Pacheco from day one. 
Well, and then when people ask, well, then why was Clyde seeing more time than him? It's kind of worth noting that even in like week one, Pacheco saw the ball a fair amount. Pacheco had some stuff to work on early. He was always more explosive. He was always faster, always stronger. And I think they wanted to get him involved, but he wasn't seeing running lanes as well as he should early on. And you can actually, I wrote about this a few times, you can watch him in week one, week three, week six, week nine, you know what I mean? And just make your way all the way through the season. And you can see him, and then you probably know how important this is from your day's pancaking. Guys, I've seen the high school tapes. I have. I think I've even tweeted him out a few yeah, times. Yeah. And so you know, as a man, when you're sitting there dominating as you did, your, your defenders, the running back understanding when to pause and when to when you know when to wait for the helmet to flash before taking the other way you know what you know exactly that it's not about just sprinting straight ahead and he needed to work on that now do i wish they got him involved more sooner yeah probably but he really wasn't running the ball as well with some of those things that clyde actually does really well vision wise people think he's got bad vision i don't think he does i just don't think he's he's got the requisite explosion at the nfl level to really take advantage of what he thinks he's seen um, or what he is seeing. Because you'll see him see a helmet flash, he'll go the other way, and he just, he's, he's, he's a tenth of a second too slow. Yeah. So anyway, all of that's a long road to a short thought. The team loves Pacheco, and the team loves Jarek McKinnon. And let me tell you, I, I'm trying to picture Patrick Mahomes' reaction if they said, yeah, you know, we're going to maybe take McKinnon off the field on third downs. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, because they know what he does in pass protection and it's something that Clyde's never been great at and so then you got Pacheco doing things that Clyde hasn't been particularly great at either I think what you could see more here for one thing it's going to be a smaller role for him might be just filling in someone when they're gassed a little bit might just be more exclusive to receiving stuff which makes sense with his skill set regardless and maybe they try to do a few funky things with personnel in terms of having a couple running backs on the field at once just to see how they handle it. Because you know Andy Reid loves doing that. It's like, well, what if we, uh, everyone's talking about 13 personnel. What if we went out there with 31? What would they do? Let's find out. You know, they just make that part of the first 15. Um, so I think Clyde's role is going to be fairly muted and probably limited to the things that he's good at because... They don't have to ask him to do the things he's not good at anymore because they got guys who can do those things. And that's the difference between this year and previous years. I think. I think, yeah. No, no I, 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 it all, it all tracks. And I think that it all makes sense. And I think that BJ Kissel even said uh, earlier this week that he thinks it's going to be more of like a Ronald Jones role for uh, Clyde in this game, uh, similar to that. And, it, and it's a guy probably like Ronald Jones who. Probably not going to dress out for this game. Uh, he's yeah. probably going to probably going to be a, a healthy scratch. So it's uh, you know it, he'll be. Uh, I'm excited to see what Clyde can do with these two running backs because these listen Isaiah Pacheco and what Jerick McKinnon has been able to do with for the, the incorporated into this offense has been incredible. Uh, who would have thought that Jerick McKinnon would be the second best receiving threat on this team uh, <laughs> in the second half of the season? Yeah, um, it's been it's been wild to see what he what he's been able to do in the past game, and he's incredible in the pass blocking game there's a couple times you can you can see him just knock some uh receivers off their blocks or ro- knock some uh, linebackers off their blitzes and it's oh yeah incredible it's so much fun to see and then he also he he generally speaking sees it coming even if it's across the formation and those are the things you know the 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 technique because he always oh it's just about want to the technique matters and that kind of stuff too 
Pacheco, just for what it's worth, just as a little side note, he was good at pass protection in college. It's one of the things I really liked about him early. And so I wouldn't be surprised if next year you see some big strides forward in that because he's getting used to the guys being 20, 30 pounds heavier and twice as fast. And so the technique suddenly matters a lot more. The want to is certainly there. There's never been a lack of Pacheco wanting to hit someone. Um, in any, like he just, man, I worry about that guy. <laughs> but, and so I, it's just an interesting thing though. McKinnon, they just add so much value. I, I think you're right. The Ronald Jones rule is probably more appropriate with maybe a few routes sprinkled in there. Yeah. Happen come out of the backfield and, you know, run something out of the slot or something. He'll probably get more usage than Ronald, Ronald Jones will. Um, but I think that's kind of the appropriate side of, side of third running back type role. But, Seth, we've gone 30 minutes into this podcast and haven't mentioned Patrick Mahomes yet. Can you believe that? Uh, that's all going to change because as we wrap up this show, I want to ask you one more. This kind of honorable mention, right? I realize that this is four. I can count. Um, this is the fourth storyline I want to talk about, but it seems like a storyline we've been talking about for a long time. Patrick Mahomes in that ankle. Andy yep. Reid said on Wednesday that he thinks that he can do everything that the game plan calls for him to do. Um, so uh, I'm excited to see what Patrick Mahomes does on the biggest stage once again. It's going to be a lot of fun. He's played so well this postseason under really tough circumstances. Um, and the Eagles, it, it's so interesting because the Eagles, they they played him last year. Um, and it's just... That's that's it, basically. They don't have and, and and the way that was early in the season, remember, that was before you saw a lot of the adjustments the Chiefs have made. They are running a very different, it's still all Andy Reid staples, but it's a very different in terms of personnel percentages, route percentages, where the routes are going. It's very different than what the Eagles faced last year. And, and obviously they're very different too, personnel wise. So they don't have the same familiarity that like the Bengals do. And he's played so well, and he's played so well doing things differently. It's kind of like the, the culmination of what we've seen the last two years played out in these playoffs because I think Patrick Mahomes playing on a high angle spring two years ago isn't able to do the things he did against Jacksonville and against Cincinnati and, and do the things that were required there without having superpowers. Um, he still has superpowers in his arm. I get that. It allows him to make some crazy throws when he's like, you know, bouncing off his left foot. But it it's been cool to watch his growth as a quarterback and knowing most quarterbacks don't really peak until they're like 29, 30, and the man is 27. That's fun. That's so fun. Yeah. It's uh, it's gonna be a good time. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will almost more than certainly get his uh, second MVP award. Uh, coming up on the NFL Honors, um, I believe it's on Thursday night, um, is when the NFL Honors are. He'll be unable to attend um, because he <laughs> has got other things to do. Yeah. Um, but He'll... no, it's been it's it's been really fun to watch Patrick Mahomes this offseason uh, kind of go out and show, uh, show his greatness a little bit. Um, yeah. I know that a lot of people do get tired of the Patrick Mahomes conversation, the Patrick Mahomes talk, the narrative around Patrick Mahomes, but it's not going around. It's not, it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, because as we mentioned at the top of the show, Seth, people got to say something different and they're saying, going to say that Jalen hurts is better than uh, Patrick Mahomes. But you know, deep down in your heart, you, you listener know that that's not true. I let them talk. <laughs> you can feel it. Just deep in the chest, 
what the truth of the matter is. And you know what? We've got to start setting Mahomes in this separate category where when we say not as good as Mahomes is not an insult. Right? You can be an exceptional quarterback and not be as good as Patrick Mahomes. And that's really, you know, when you're talking about a guy that's doing something that no one else, you know, people can talk about Tom Brady and his three titles in his first four years. That's incredible. They also have like a top five defense every one of those years. But, you know, whatever. Right. You know, and like that, you know, miss me with, I, oh, see, I'm going to get into a whole thing. But it's like, oh, well, he got that rig. Yep, they won 13 to 10. That's right. different. But they have just, because you wanted whatever. Yeah. Brady's the GOAT, greatest winner of all time. We all know that. But no one's done what Mahomes has done. And that's why people are never going to stop hearing about it because it just keeps getting better and better and better and better and better. And that's such a cool thing because no one knows where the cap is. And he, and I don't either. It's exciting. He keeps one-upping himself. That's what's so impressive. Is it yeah. like he, he sets the bar and then we'll just outdo the bar continually. Right. And it's it's one of those things that is crazy. And you even mentioned Tom Brady. Adam Vinatieri basically won three of those rings for him. So, I mean. Well, that's true. And you know what? I, I like that. And I'm going to steal that line from now on. Just like you know, when someone says, well, Tom Brady has seven rings. I'm going to say, well, Vinatieri has three. And Belichick's <laughs> got another one. We'll give Tom credit for three of them. Well, the Bucks pass rush really won that one. Now I'm kidding. It's it's you know he's become so much more likable since he left New England that <laughs> that it's made it a lot harder to hate him. That was very inconsiderate of him. Yeah, I know. Why would he do that? Why would he humanize himself? That's so rude. Um, <laughs> that's, that's so rude. You're right though. That the the Bucks pass rush did win that game for him. Yes, there you go. So now we're talking like two Super Bowls. So now Mahomes can tie up. Oh man, some so okay. Look, any Brady fans that happen to watch this, we're kidding. Please don't just tweet Tucker. He, he wants to talk to you about it. Yes, please, please tweet me about it. I was tweeting about LeBron uh, on on Wednesday, Tuesday night when he broke the record, and I got plenty of people replying to me about that. Let's t- let's have a conversation about Brady while we're at it. Uh, so <laughs> just go ahead and go ahead and pile on all of the goat talk onto my Twitter. Well, that's fine. Nice. I like it. Uh, Seth, thank you for joining me on today's episode of KCS and Update. Really appreciate you. Uh, you take some time hopping on with me and, and talking some Chiefs. This game is going to be exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, me too, man. I appreciate you having me. This is fun. That's going to do it for today's episode of KCS and Update. Make sure to subscribe and like the video if you're watching on YouTube. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. If you are listening to the audio version, thank you so very much. Leave a five-star rating and review if you do feel so inclined. But if you don't like us, don't leave a rating or a review because that's that's how it works. Um, by listening to this podcast, you agree to those terms and conditions. So thank you for listening and stick it all the way to the end of the podcast. Next week, I'll be back. We'll still have KCSN update next week. And next week, I'll be back with uh, with someone else uh, to talk about the Chiefs and the Eagles Super Bowl. So until then, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.